the mental state uh, infers that we're the subject, like on the scene, I'm seeing you, yeah. So I'm like doing the subjectness of it, and then sometimes you're being thought about as an object. So the mental state's going over, you know, like a loser or whatever, you should have done that <laughs> job. So basically then you're an object, yes? So you're, there's a switch all day of subject-object, and basically non-duality is just the negation of that. Not a denial, it's not going not to, it's just going not to. It just doesn't, it's, it's take is there, that isn't actually true. It's appearing to be true to what's true, but it isn't true. So this is, uh, a lot of people end up there, this idea in spiritual seeking. So they seek spiritually for years and there's, it seems to fail. And after they've spent a lot of years blaming themselves or they didn't do enough or they weren't with the right person, maybe they get to question the whole system. And then non-duality is really a form of the answer of that. Yeah? So when spirituality has seemingly failed, you may end up at the the possibility that you are what you're looking for, therefore the looking for it is a form of blindness to that, yes? So that's what non-duality is. It's just basically, now because it's gotten, uh, it's more available, people are getting introduced to it early on. And in the, old, in the olden days, it would be something that would be, you, you'd hear later on, yeah? So the systems of practice would fail you and it would prime you to the possibility of um, hearing this possibility. And then you'd entertain it and then the, the seeking would end because you would realize the seeking was used to imply the seeker and the seeker is the bondage point, yeah. So things change. It can have different effects on different people. For me, it was just, uh, you know, the seeking came to an abrupt halt because I saw the futility of it really when it was explained to me and certain statements were said sort of like spiritual shoes. They put them out and I put them on and they fit, you know, they said things and it, uh, it, it was, uh, it just rang true and not only it rang true, it, it, it showed, uh, that pattern in my life, sometimes it would be like a 12 year period you'd see in a second and you would just see, oh, that's all I've been doing is trying to get out of self as self, you know, so that's pretty good, you know, that's a, it's nice to hear that because it, uh, we were speaking, we did a meeting last night, Sarah Fell, we were speaking about, you know, you have sincerity and uh, you're earnest and you really practice and you dedicate, let's say, time and you go to uncomfortable places. Now they're pretty nice retreats, such places, but you know, sometimes they're uncomfortable, like in Asia and somewhere, India. You're not going to get the best of food, not going to be any foot massages. It's just going to be sitting with yourself all day for weeks or, you know, whatever. So, and you put in a lot of effort, and it's sort of like a bummer to find out that quote, your own effort was the, beginning of the biggest obscuring agent. I mean, you're looking for it with what is keeping it out of your sight. It's a, it's a rude awakening. It's usually the first awakening. 
is a rude one. And you know, you can get pissed, really. You're pissed, like, what the fuck? You know, I spent, you know, I don't like food in India, you know? My <laughs> stomach doesn't do well there. I wasn't going there for food. I went there to see people and go to holy places. And I went all around Asia to temples and I did retreats there and learned techniques of Vipassana and other meditations and Zen and everything. And it was all fine. It helped the action figure. But I was thinking it was taking me somewhere, you know, that I was going to transcend, really, or I was going to uh, go to a higher plane and it would establish a relief from all of what seemed to bother me. And I gave it a good try and to have that sort of pull out from underneath you, you know, may not go well for the first few days. You know, you're like, what the fuck? Luckily, I didn't spend tons of money. Some people do. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars going on retreats. And maybe they rationalized it. Now, I like retreats, but, you know, they were probably going there to try to get something, obviously. And, I mean, people, like I was talking yesterday, if I have blood pressure, you know, it's good to meditate. Yeah, so maybe I meditate. Is this on? Going on? Yeah, all right. You already began, so, you know, yeah, if I have blood pressure, I learn a meditation technique. I meditate like 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't meditate 13 hours. If I'm doing 13 hours, I'm thinking I'm going somewhere. I'm thinking, the, you know, you're not doing it for basic maintenance of the brain body. You're thinking you're going to transcend or go somewhere, enlightenment or awakening, whatever. Those words actually have been twisted to really drive a lot of people crazy. Would have been better if they never heard the words enlightenment or awakening. Really, it's they. It's amazing because, the, like, even the word enlightenment, it's a perfect example. One definition is cessation of all suffering. Cessation of all suffering. But when people entertain enlightenment in these circles, it's producing suffering because they don't think they're enlightened, or worse, someone they think shouldn't be enlightened is whatever it may be. I went to more meetings than him. I donated more money, whatever it is. So it's just caused a lot of uh, discomfort when its whole point is cessation of all discomfort. So it's sort of hilarious in a lot of ways. And um, so non-duality, however you arrive at hearing it, like you're here tonight, in a sense, it's a fact, really. The fact is that there's not two. There's not subject, object, that this place is really dreaming in a sense, yeah? And, uh, and the dreaming is in a dualistic manner. And so the, the dreaming is based on the dualism of the camera, so to speak. So we're in subject-object, and therefore we have, we, we dream, we're dreaming in opposites, you know, this and that, yes and no, close part, connected, disconnected, love, hate, all this. Yeah, we don't see that it's, we're playing a big role in it because with, we're identified, I'm not saying you and I are, but just say the general condition is there's an identification with the action figure, which is in dreaming, this would be called the dreamt, yeah, because you can see it, yeah, so that which is perceiving can't be perceived, so that which is dreaming can't be seen felt, taste, or touched, yeah, only as the dreamt, yeah. So the dreaming is, is like a projection, and then the dreamt perceives it to be real. 
basically. So, and we, we don't see life usually from the dreaming, we see it from the dreamt, and so it seems like it's real, as real as real can be. Yet every night we go to sleep, it's totally dismissed. All the effects that accumulated are gone. There's no, uh, basically you go into deep sleep, there's no you, and there's no memory of that, and then you suddenly, seemingly come to, and you're on this show again, and you're doing, you know, whatever's happening. So, the non-duality is just the fact that, in a sense, as St. Francis said, what's looking is what you're looking for. So what's looking isn't defined by subject-object, it's just subjectivity, it's awareness, yeah. It doesn't have an opposite, in a sense. It's just awareness, it just is. And so that is what we are. And then how we're, we're appearing is this and that, subject, object, yes, male, female. But most of us are starting in the appearance, and, in, and for the appearance to be taken to be real, the act of believing in the appearance is a denial of what's so. You know, you're not thinking you're denying what's so all day, but by being affirming this, you're in a denial of that, yeah. Because again, you work on a binary way. So either I'm this or that, yeah? So if I'm this, I can't be that. And if I'm that, this can't be happening, but this is happening, so I must be this, you know? So it's very confusing for the mental state to try to get the message. And that's the good news, because it's not meant for the mental state, yeah? There's an aspect of us that isn't, uh, represented by the mental state. You can call it raw mind, R-A-W, or beingness, or awareness, or big mind, or whatever you want to call it, but it's not the mental processes. Yeah? It's not the memory, it's not the perceptual interpretive uh, event, it's, it's not the thought system, and it's not the narration in language of the day and of the years, yeah? and of time, like that. So. Non-duality is more of not that, or in, in old Hinduism would be neti neti, not this, not this. So you just see what you're not, and then it, it gets whittled down, and you're the last no thing standing, so to speak. So you've arrived at what you are by seeing what you're not. Yeah, so I'm not that, I'm not that, da, 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 whoa. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, the effects here, because the dreaming continues, obviously, the action figure, it's like if a life breath that was like 80 gallons of gas, you know, so it's going to live 90 years, you know, and it doesn't matter if there's a huge amount of interest or very little interest in it, it's still going to go, it's, you know, the fumes are going to keep going and then it's just going to dissipate, you know, things don't live that long, 90 years is what, nothing really. So it's got, so it's on, it's running, doing its thing. <laughs> so, but now usually because it's taken to be us, it's got, it's like under the spotlight of attention and interest and it's what's being thought about incessantly and all these, all these things that uh, you could see from, with a distance like time, you're right in it as the action figure. You don't even know. If time was a wet current, you'd be, you would be under the wave all fucking day. But it's dry, and you don't see it, you don't sense it really. 
Yeah, but it's an ever-present influence of this place, this thingness. So this, what, how it's turned out with me by entertaining these ideas, I would say something entertained me, really. So then it got lost interest in entertaining me and started entertaining ideas about not me. <laughs> <laughs> and as an observational event, which I am, and uh, I've noticed that I've traveled lighter over many years now, of what, you know, and it wasn't like how I thought traveling lighter would be, which means everything's great at all times, nothing happens, I, my joints are <coughs> work, everything's cool. No, it's it, what it did, it, it enabled me to travel lighter through whatever life had in store for this action figure. Some good, some bad, some contracting, expanding, you know, whatever. But it's a, on a general level, it allowed me to travel lighter through a lot of the circumstances I used to find myself traveling quite heavy through. <laughs> so, and the lighter didn't seem to be caused by this. Yeah, this was expressing it, but it wasn't causing it. So the humility of that was there. I didn't feel like I'd done anything to sort of produce this. It was just things changed, and then things changed, and I observed change. Yeah, so I couldn't get behind it and claim it because that's what the mental state's doing all day. It's claiming. It couldn't claim this because it's obvious I have nothing to do with it, which is really awesome. Because if you have something to do with it, you'll probably think you did acquire it, therefore you can lose it. That's, there's no value in that because you're still playing God. So no, it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary, basically, other than the ones you make up. Yeah? And because you're the dreaming, if you make up requirements, you better do them. Like if you really feel like you need to meditate, you better meditate. If I feel like I don't need to meditate, maybe meditate, maybe not, doesn't matter. Yeah? Because what I am isn't produced or acquired, nor can it be lost or diminished by any of my efforts. It's just available at all times. It's the, it's the uh, context of all this. And it's not empty space, I'd say it's brilliant in its way. But once you get a sense of it, it has one quality, and that is it's always available, which is truly reliable. And so you start seeing the weaknesses of trying to stabilize something that comes and goes, yeah? Trying to lengthen something that's defined as an experience of it, as a beginning and an end. You see the futility of all that, basically like Buddhism 101, you know? If something isn't real, then it can't be that satisfying because it comes and goes, yeah? And so this is uh, the intimacy of those statements. So now you've gotten a taste of, there's something that's always available at all times, and there's a, it's an obvious, the appropriate reaction is to rest there. You know, and then, uh, and then from there, things get uh, assessed from in a different light. So let's say your pursuit of happiness may slow up greatly because you're content, you know? you're satisfied, and you have a living sense of enough as a word here in this world. You know, you're, you're chilled out, you got enough money, you got this, health's good, yeah. And so, uh, 
when I heard it, it just, it, it became like, a, it was like an unspoken yes. I had, I had heard it, but when I actually heard it, the message, I didn't hear it immediately. I had an intimation of it, but when I heard it, when it really hit, it was like an unspoken yes. And it really was like knowledge before knowledge. You know? Before acquiring knowledge, there's a knowledge already there. And then over time, it's been a while, you know, I could categorize it as the last answer, which is a great answer, because it negates all need for any other answer in this topic of spirituality. And no other answer that I met in spirituality did that. They always added going on to more levels, higher, uh, uh, farther, more extreme, more radical, whatever. This just chilled all that out. And, uh, you know, You know, I am what I was looking for, truly. And the looking for it was the blindness to it. That's, in a way, you're going to be a butt of this joke. It's nice to be a butt of this joke while you're alive, not at the moment of death. But you're going to be a butt of the joke because your own interest is the biggest obscuring agent. And that's hard to believe because you, I had a lot of assumptions that if I was out for my betterment, it should work. But my interest and attention is uh, it's like contracting light where I don't see the panoramic view. I get too caught up in the particulars, like they say. I lose the forest from the trees, yes, the head. And uh, the point is, this is like in Dokchen from Tibetan Buddhism. It's sort of their non-duality. It's called the Great Perfection. And they, they have a term I like, which is relaxed awareness. So there's a relaxed awareness. Yeah, because you're not using it to look for itself. Yeah, <laughs> you're not trying to become aware of awareness. <laughs> you're just, you're aware of what you're not as awareness, really, that's what happens. It's different, has a different feel. So that's the message of non-duality, in my view. Now other people have different ideas of it, but I take the basic definition, not to, and uh, I, don't, I don't mean you pivot off of that and then look for one, I don't believe that. I just see, because I think you are the one you're looking for. From the two-ness, you'll be conceptualized and made into a mythical one or your authentic self, or some other crazy idea. But all you need to see is what you're not, and you'll find out what you are. Yeah. You'll find out what you are by seeing what you're not. You're not gonna find out what you are by looking for it with what you are. <laughs> Disguise as what you're not. I just don't believe it. I gave it a good shot. I, you know, other people had much better spiritual resumes, but you know, you know, I had this one experience I share I used to get this magazine called Tricycle, a Buddhist magazine, very well done, color, very nice, very, a lot of good articles. And this one episode or volume, they had a, 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 an op-ed from a meditation teacher, a Western meditation teacher, who'd been teaching and meditating for 30 years or something. And he was having, sending up, we've been having a strange phenomenon that a lot of his old type students were getting in touch with him and saying, you know, nothing fucking's happened. You know? So to me, I just 
fucking reached up for the emergency brake on the bus and got off. Because <laughs> I know I don't have to do 30 years to arrive at their assessment. I can listen to them and go, bye-bye. What's the point? <laughs> I don't want to be a good meditator. I want to, have, I want to be freed from the need to meditate. Yeah, that's what I want. So uh, then I ran into this idea and I've entertained it. And then, you know, I was just, uh, it was just a, it was just a train of circumstances that brought me to speak about it because I was speaking about something else in recovery and then people were coming to hear about that something else but they were getting non-duality. <laughs> <laughs> for years <laughs> and then we decided to put out a website 11 years ago and then people from outside recovery got in touch with me and started asking me to go to their groups and then I got a real good illustration of spiritual addiction from watching them yeah and uh, and, and just the stubbornness of the reasserting of you being the one is just unbelievable. I mean, the mental state's doing it so fast that they take about two seconds for an action to be claimed and be used to imply the actor. It's just very fast. And I just do not believe there's a process in time that can outdraw that process. I think that the manufacturing of being the doer, and the thinker, and the feeler, and the seer, and the hearer, and the taster, isn't going to be outdone by a process. It just doesn't. You can't seek a solution to to it through time. You have to see it from timelessness. It's the only way. If you see it in time, you're going to lose the thing. You're not going to meditate yourself out of the meditator, in my view. Someone may have. Maybe there's a rare, rare thing. But the meditation as an action, the mental state will claim it and say it implies there's the meditator. And so you're trying to lose interest in you by the meditation, but by the claiming of the meditation, there's a huge amount of interest put in you. So the more interest you think you're getting out of you is actually reinforcing the you that you're in. So, I mean, you don't need to go for 30 years of that. You can learn about it in a you know, 30 minute meeting like this, if you're open to it. Save yourself some time and trouble. You know, if that's the case, if you're meant to do what you're doing, you'll do it. But sometimes there's also you're meant to stop and maybe it'll coincide with you hearing non-duality because it's a pretty nice little, the spiritual bus definitely comes to a stop and the door swings open and you can get off. <laughs> and if you stay on, it's okay too. It's not you either, but maybe it'd be better to get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and I could go into a lot of things about, see, I, I believe you can, you can study what you're not, I believe you can understand what you're not, I believe you can recognize what you're not, I don't believe you can study what you are, I don't believe you can recognize what you are, and I don't believe you can experience what you are because you are that. I think the only possibility we have concerning us is being you, really. And 
wanting to know it is, uh, you can apply that to anything that isn't you, but you can't apply that to what you are. You cannot know what you are. You're being it. They're a whole different ball game. Being is a totally different ball game than understanding, knowing, and studying, and experiencing. It's a whole different state. But usually when it's demonstrating, and we have the demonstration all day in conscious contact, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, that conscious contact, we have no volition over really. If my eyes are open and I'm looking out a window, I'm gonna see if a bird flies by. I'm seeing the bird, even though I took a vow not to see a bird, I'm gonna see it because my eyes, I don't have volition over the consciousness. Yeah, the seeing happens before the sense of seer gets produced. So the seeing, and I noticed the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, doesn't demonstrate any thought or effort to see, hear, feel, taste, and touch. So I came to the conclusion, why would we believe we could arrive at that which shows no thought or effort with thought and effort? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, and especially if you are that. I mean, you would, if you are that, trying to do and have yourself in it would obviously be, obviously would be an unspoken statement of denial of that fact. You can't get around the thumb torture thing. You can't. If you are that and you're busily looking for it, something's off. Yeah. Now if you're not that, then fucking go for it. And maybe that's what you believe. Then you're not into non-duality because non-duality is a negation of that belief that you're something else. Maybe you're like a part of the whole or you're like a, a flicker of the light of the flame, and then you're gonna do stuff to join the big flame and join the unity of the flame as the little flicker, yeah? But if you see that, it's you're gonna be the flicker most of the time until the moment of flame, it's all gonna be about you still. So I don't see that, I don't see that the flicker is distant or separate from the flame. <laughs> I just don't see. I just don't see it that way. So, I mean, consciousness seems to be happening. I would say we're more of that than this idea of being Paul, an action figure of time who's based on, you know, like height, weight, what it did or didn't do, color of his eyes, you know, this or that, where it lives, where it grew up. I much, I much, I feel much more intimate with descriptions of me as a verb, yeah. Like, I'm the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching. I'm not the seer, nor the seeing, the hearing, nor the heard. That just feels much more right to me than being a thing or a noun. I just feel like an adverbial. Yeah. And I believe the verbing is being used to imply the noun. And then the noun becomes the dominant theme of the narration. And now the noun thinks it's doing the verbing. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Every night I speak about it, someone illustrates it right in the meeting. They, suddenly there's, there's a verb and then the noun is implied and then he, the person starts talking from the noun about the verb. Somehow I must be doing it. Or, <laughs> no, there is no noun. It's manufactured out of the claiming of the verb. The verb, seeing is happening. The seer and seen is an interpretation. Hearing is happening, the hearer and the heard is an interpretation. Feeling is happening, the feeler felt is an interpretation. Yeah? 
we have this whole place to me as backwards, really, where that which comes after is implied to be before. <laughs> then we start at the noun, and then so much, you know, when we were a baby, you see a baby, it's shitting in its pants, doesn't, nothing crosses its face, no embarrassment, it doesn't feel guilty, it's just, it's just like it could stay there for hours, it's just doing its thing, it's not noting any of that, yes? Because it's not the doer. It's, there's, it hasn't been established yet. There's doing, shitting and fucking eating and moving its arms, but there's no one home. That's the beauty. I, say, I think that's still available. I think that's the, the starting point. I think as the brain developed, it switched the starting point. It leaped back over the verbs and said, it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> if it's working for you, far out. But for many people, it hasn't or doesn't. Yeah? <laughs> and the problem is, it may be working for you now, but in time, it may not be tomorrow. <laughs> so then you live in fear. When's it going to stop working? <laughs> There's no peace there. How can there be peace in time anyway? It can't be. There's no peace in time. Because time and peace in time is based on conditions. Conditions are going to change in time. Therefore, your peace will. Peace is before time. Peace is a mind, is an aspect of mind, big mind. That's why it says in recovery, we can you get to re, you return to, in a sense, to the ability of enjoying peace of mind. The problem is we don't have the ability to enjoy it because we're sucked up in time. If I feel peace now, I'm worried will it be there tomorrow. That's not enjoying peace of mind, is it? How can you enjoy it with time? You know? yeah. So in a way, non-duality is what happens when your spiritual tires blow and you, what you would call the chariot of the gods, your little action figure, and then you, you just leave it. You abandon the car on the road. <laughs> and man, for some people who've had such a strange time in this life, normal is very high level. <laughs> like being normal, what you would call like uh, an average Joe among Joes is a spiritual fucking quantum leap. <laughs> Just to have all that specialness and all that that terminal uniqueness uh, just you know squeezed out of you over the years. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and to me, I don't think I have any signs of spirituality, and I I, I hold that as the highest form of success, really. I do. I, mean, I think that's the goal of all spirituality is to lose complete interest in it as a topic <laughs> and gain interest in it as a living event, as you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my take on it. If you're ever interested in it, there's tons of, we do tons of videos just put out the same points over and over again. Because uh, 
one thing I've learned, the, stubborn, the stubbornness of your mental formation and ours, is it's going to claim to be the hearer of this message. And by that which you're not claiming to hear the message, it neuters the message. So we've always run into this fundamental dilemma of, I'm talking about you're a lion, yeah? You are a lion, yet it's not getting through to you as a lion. This is the, this is the, the unbelievable thing. The message is you're a lion, yeah, I see you as a lion, very clearly. And then you think, all right, you're a lion. And then you're, yeah. And then as soon as this hits these ears, not, I'm not talking personally, but anyway, these ears are constructed or form, made, formatted into a sheep ear. So now the lion identifies the sheep, hears the message, you're a lion. And it translates it into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yeah. Now the sheep, with great nobility and earnestness, tries to become like a lion. Maybe he runs into other sheep who are sort of upset with being a sheep, or like that. Read a book about lions. Lions don't take any fucking shit. They'll kick your ass, rip your throat off. They'd like to have some of those qualities. So they get together with a little, little cabal, and they find the pictures of lions, like uh, Leo the lion, or some other lions. You know, quite, you know, breakfast cereal boxes, put a lion up, and then they start, you know, meeting and, oh, I want to be like a lion, I want to be like a lion, and they're trying to practice roaring and everything like that, you know, trying to sharpen their hooves. <laughs> lion! And, you know, in the other sheep's world who are interested, hey, Bill, I think that's great, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we will become like a lion together. And so there's camaraderie and everything. And that all well and all good unless there's a mistake and the sheep's a lion. Yeah. If the sheep's a lion and it tries to become like a lion as a sheep, it's going to use that wanting to become a lion as a sheep's going to disguise the lionness of himself. So that's the dilemma. That's what non duality goes at. It sees there's an act of being identified as something that you're not. And then the double whammy is you may look for what you are from that something that you're not. And you may be doing it right now. And that's the spiritual shoe they put out. If it fits, you wear it. And then maybe your whole little game board will be rotated and you'll stop looking for what you are from what you're not. You'll see what you're not looking for what you are from what you are. And, uh, You'll have a lot of laughs about it because it's hilarious. Right? <laughs> so, I think that was a very succinct summation. I rest my case and I don't give a squat whatever happens. <laughs> my job is, my jurisdiction's over as soon as it comes out. <laughs> It's such a trip, man, I, I swear. It's such a beautiful message. Can you imagine the relief that can come over you when this urban renewal project is canceled? You don't have to try to make a fucking, you know, what is that? You know, make a Toyota into a chariot of the gods, you know? You just maintain the Toyota to its level, you know, polish it 14 hours a day. <laughs> and then 
all that attention and interest that was being driven to a future arrival date for something is now dispersed and is available here. So you're, you're awake and the interest and attention is interested in attending to now. Yeah, not going into what's not happening, but it's now. And not through effort, it's just realized what's not happening is not happening. It's just a simple realization. So it's here all the time. And so you never get gypped, yeah? It's pretty cool. And you know the problem from the solution. When you get the relief that I believe this entails, you'll know exactly what I've been pointing at. You'll know it from what you are. And, and what you'll be establishing is relief from that. Not relief for that, which is what we've been enslaved to try to do, but relief from it, yeah? And now the thing, the horse is in front of the cart and things make sense. So, and you get established in it, and you recognize more and more of what you're not assuming it's you. You catch it, you catch the thief, and you don't call it me, you see it. You see the activity, you see the pointing. It's always pointing and assuming. There's a statement in Zen, you know, there's fingers pointing at the moon, but in that statement there's a moon. In this, there's just fingers pointing. The mental state is just inferring, implying, assuming that there's a someone. Every, that's what it does. Anytime it contacts a verb, it looks for a noun. Yeah. And then uh, as soon as the noun is, it arises, then the starting point becomes the noun. Now life's happening to me instead of life's happening. Just a different, uh, it's a totally different view. And a lot of people are getting sick with that view. They are, they've had enough. And they've had enough trying to get out of it as that which has the view through spirituality. They're fucking tired of it. Yeah, they spent 30 years of practicing and working, ayahuasca, fucking tons of LSD, tons of shit, and they always seem to be there. You can't seem to kill the cockroach. <laughs> you think that big, that spiritual experience is the bigger winner. No, the next day there's a claiming of the spiritual experience. Now you think you have a loving gaze and everything else. It's just amazing. The thing is unstoppable in a certain way because it's you. It's you giving it all the oomph it seems to have over you. Yeah. I mean, what could fool reality but reality? There's nothing that could fool reality but reality itself. And that's what's happening here. Reality is taking false evidence to be appearing real. And it's living as if there's a tomorrow and a you know, future yesterday and tomorrow. It's, it believes that it's a thing that's gonna die. It believes that it does a lot of shit it has nothing really to do with. The language constantly implies it's the doer of tons of shit it doesn't have anything to do with. It's just living constantly in this little satellite dish called Paul. 
It's like this, it's like a goldfish bowl and you're the goldfish basically. So that's what you do. And you know, people are apt to do almost anything to get a little relief. And so businesses build up them. Some of them are spiritual businesses and they have an incredible uh, plan because, you know, it may take lifetimes. So you can't never return. <laughs> you can't ask for the three weeks back from the retreat. <laughs> nope, there's no return policy. So, <laughs> you know, and if you like retreats, it's great. You know, it's, you know. <laughs> I think for someone to sit 13 hours a day, as myself, I thought I was going somewhere. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm just doing this for blood pressure. No, I was in fucking Thailand <laughs> for three weeks eating a wheat fucking soup at 10 in the morning, losing a pound a day, which I couldn't afford. I was fucking high as a kite, <laughs> fucking tripping out <laughs> unbelievably, and it really didn't fucking mean a thing. Yeah. Just, just got absorbed by the claiming and made into another Paul, yeah, spiritual Paul, which is much slimier than the other Pauls. <laughs> so much because, it's seen as a noble fish. <laughs> it's a bottom dweller. <laughs> so, all right, bro, turn that off, will you? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I'm not going to ask him if he has any questions. Oh, you have any questions? <laughs> I'm sorry if I've been, I've been paying attention to you. These people all heard it already. No. <laughs> questions over. No questions. Not really. No, there you go. Good. Sure, you go. We can go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs>